Hello, everyone. This is Jesse with the Shuffle Bus. I'm back here, as always, with my good friend, Neil, for episode 18. Trying to be a little optimistic here on this one, Neil, but uh, we got some pretty gut-wrenching news here in the last few weeks regarding the Transformers TCG. So we're going to talk about that in great detail. And then we're also going to announce the winner of our Make Volcanicus Great Deck Challenge. So, Neil, uh, how are you tonight? Uh, Neil? Sorry, yeah. I'm just, I'm, I'm pouring one out for my Transformers homie. Oh, I didn't. This was my, I, moment, I, of, <laughs> my moment of silence. I got you. Okay. I was like, uh, did I lose Neil in this process? Um, almost. Almost, it was, yeah. It was earth shattering. It really was, man. I, I, uh, I mean, we have taken some time. I mean, obviously, almost every major content creator in the Transformers community has put out their uh, feelings regarding... Uh, this and we'll talk a little bit about some hope maybe still we to come we'll never get a preview card no no nope watsy like watsy gave us like the watsy would biggest. rather cancel the game than let us preview the shuffle a bus a preview card yep I, I agree that amazing that that happened i i mean it's it feels like kind of the ultimate slight doesn't it yeah <laughs> thanks a lot <laughs> um it's all about us it's, it's <laughs> not about completely else. yeah completely no, man uh, duh <laughs> yeah it's uh, obviously i'm not happy about it i mean i get it it's a business like wizards makes their decisions i'm sure there were a lot of high-paid people that spent a lot of time on this like it sucks but here we well, are well i mean my my bigger concern we haven't really heard anything inside of the watsy camp exactly i do hope that drew and team are okay, right? Like, I hope that this project wasn't sort of something that ends up, you know, it's something that we don't really think about a lot when we lose uh, right. our game every, because every we sort we of go selfish. They're great people. Yeah. They're all very smart and they work for a company that I'm sure has use for people that are smart like they are and with the skill set that they have. Um, so I hope that it goes good for them. Uh, yeah, I, I do too. I hope that they're not you know, losing their jobs in in this process, right? I, I care for those guys and um, Matt and Drew were always very kind to us in the times that we talked to them, even if they never did give us a preview card, but, or come on our show. That's another thing too. But um, at the same time, I would never wish upon them any sort of ill will. Um, and and I, I don't think that's, you know, that's something that a lot of community members aren't really talking about because it's really easy for us to get, focused on well we lost our game so it's it's how i personally feel and it's how it's impacted myself and the people around me and so we sometimes forget that there's there's talented individuals that were making a living off of doing this and i don't know i mean we haven't heard i i hope i hope that you know the wizards finds a place for them on some other you know project or uh development maybe they'll work on magic who knows maybe they'll work on uh, Dungeons and Dragons. I mean, Wizards has two very powerful franchises there that, um, I, you know, I, I just don't know how the openings look, right? So you don't know what that means for the team, but you hope that it works out for them. Uh, and I think it's 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 just one of those things. So I just wanted to start with that sort of people element before I get into how I was impacted and how right. you were impacted. Let's talk about us. Yeah. <laughs> Let's get let's get back on what's really matters here. This is how angry I am. No, uh, I think we both have had enough time to sort of digest the information, sort of 
go through what I would call the grieving process on this. And, and so I think we can come at it from a very objective sort of viewpoint now. Um, I don't, I, I think the initial shock of it has worn off. And, and so let's, let's talk a little bit about just the announcement day and what happened with us. Um, because we've sort of been radio silent for a while anyways, and that's really been, uh, more, mostly my fault cause I was moving and, my house was a construction zone for the last 30 days. And so that's really prevented us from being able to record a new episode. But I was getting ready to take my entire family on a vacation uh, to Yellowstone National Forest uh, that Monday morning when the announcement news came out. And I'll be honest with you, like, I thought it was an April Fool's joke. Like, I thought it, I had to, like, double yeah. check in, and see in the who middle was posting it. <laughs> right. Well, but, but I mean, it was just like, like, it, this has to be a joke, right? Like, with everything going on in the world in such turmoil with COVID and all the other sort of things that are going on, games are sort of an escape. And here we are with the one game that I'm, like, really caring about. In fact, I think I'm even on record in like some something like the last five episodes that like this was the game that was replacing kind of all trading card games for me. Like I was just like, this is exactly what I want in a trading card game. It's going in exactly the right direction. I just love everything about this game. So I'm going to, I'm going to play this game and this is going to be like the game that I'm going to get on a, get on the pedestal and shout at everyone, you should play this game, right? And so it was a big blow. It was a big blow to me. Um, and I was sort of stunned. In fact, even my wife was like, yeah, I can definitely tell you're kind of, you know, discombobulated by the whole thing. So for you, yeah, I, how, how I did it work to, for you? I didn't have to sit in a car for 11 hours or whatever and just stew on it like you did. But uh <laughs> Well, if you ever yeah. want to get distracted, just take a couple of kids on an 11-hour car ride. It, it yeah. does it does eventually work <laughs> out in your favor. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, it's, it's unfortunate. Like, it made me sad. I Specific to the game itself, um, even though right now the, the bots don't seem to have a lot of diversity, the game as a whole, mechanically, and the battle card suite that is available to us, as me as excited about the game as I've ever been. Like it has this nice foundation for what could grow into something highly competitive. And I was very excited to see the bots in wave six. Uh, you know, I, I mean, I was on the pod saying like, how could they do better than the Titans? Because the Titans are so powerful. Well, I guess we'll never know. Yeah. Um, I mean, like, that's true. It, we won't know. Just, I felt like, you know, if, if they had ended it after Siege, it would have felt better to me because TMA felt like such a stepping off point to a larger game. Um, just the way the game played was so diverse. In spite of, like, like people may think I'm crazy because it's all, like, horribles and sky showers right now. Like, and Quake. The and, yeah. The battle cards we have like and mechanically the situations that show up in the game are more complex than they've ever been and uh to me that was exciting to go forward like obviously like it also is kind of crappy to end it in a world where like there's you know only a couple viable bots to play right now um 
you know and and i guess there's an argument to be said that like that's the way it's always been like whatever's the best in the current wave but you know we at least had the hope to look forward to what comes next um yeah i mean and i think so to preface this there is an episode out there that i'll probably be dropping as a bonus episode where we got to sit down and talk with cameron from arbitrary hero about sort of what's next for transformers from a lore perspective and how that might uh, impact, you know, the next set for, for Titan masters attack. And it's mostly ready to go, but it just didn't feel appropriate to put it out until we built and re-recorded this episode. It just, we recorded an episode specifically about looking forward before they like make the announcement. And like, that's what we released right away after doesn't seem right. No, no. So, so there will be a bonus episode hitting your feed somewhere in the near future. It won't be on our regular release schedule because we had already moved forward with even what we would call episode 19. And so, so it's kind of weird working backwards here, but, um, you know, I think like, as we talk about the podcast, I mean, for our listenership, uh, understand that there's a reason why Neil and I have always called this the shuffle bus and we never took like a, a stance on, um, you know, naming our podcast after the game we were covering, right? Like when you when you look out there into the world, a lot of content creators make channels and podcasts and they're specific to their games. Well, we're not new to this, right? We're not new to canceled card games by any stretch. I mean, you and I have both played a lot of dead card games now. I mean, uh, I think we talked about some of our card game past even going all the way back to episode one. But, you know, the reality of it is, is that we wanted to create a, a channel that allowed us to sort of spread our wings. And uh, I'm, this is just another reason why I'm happy that we made that decision early on and starting the shuffle bus for, for that reason. But it, it does leave us sort of in an awkward place because if you're like me, I'm, I'm hopeful, right? Are, are you hopeful right now that the community is going to pull through and sort of offer up some really reasonable solutions to sort of continue to create? Uh, in, new content in, in the short term for sure like yeah. everybody jumped right on it multiple camps of people have have immediately come together to design some stuff for the future of the game will that continue long term who knows you know it's i uh recently played against a gentleman from the uk uh in the vector tournament and he had some interesting things to say, actually, about that because uh, he played the uh, God, what was it called? Vampire something card game. Vampire the Masquerade. Yeah. Yeah, that's and actually it, an it, old Watsy product as well. Right, which had been discontinued, but is now essentially run by the player base as a whole. There's like a small council of players that has a financial interest and they uh, use the rest of the player base as playtesting and advice and continue to make content for the game going forward. And using that as an example, you know, obviously any game can continue and flourish. It's still popular. Uh, like one of my favorite games, the old Decipher Star Wars card game, still has fan-made content. 
uh, and that game is like as old as Magic. So yeah. I, it it can happen, but it takes it takes a number of things. It takes a get a dedicated fan base. It takes a united fan base. Like, yep. And I think that's what we want to stress more now than ever. I mean, obviously, I, I feel like the the early days of of cancellation, things felt like we were on the precipice of the whole thing falling apart. And I think that's a combination of just like everybody's sort of different stages of grief over the, over the cancellation of this game. But I also think it was like sort of a, a a weird sort of timeline where, uh, you know, everybody was like, well, we got to do something right now. Right. Like we, we have to like, we have to act. And so I think when you do that, sometimes mistakes can be made, um, not not that are irreversible by any stretch, but just don't offer the sort of clarity that's maybe needed in a time of crisis. And when you have multiple, like I'm, I'm going to use the term factions because I don't know what else to call it. But when you have multiple sort of influencers in the space all standing up doing that same thing, it starts to look a little muddy. But here now recording today, you know, three weeks after the announcement, um, I, I feel like we have a much I, I think this game has a really promising future in terms of its player base being passionate and supporting it. And whether or not that will hurt the overall, you know, whether or not that'll allow the overall game to grow, probably not. Right? Like it's it's probably not something where, you know, the Facebook's group's sitting at forty five hundred people that like the page or whatever. That's probably not gonna be 5,000 people by this time next year, you know, it's, it's going to stay the same. And that's just because people don't ever leave pages. So, um, yeah. you know, I mean, so the, the reality of it is, is that the, the content will start to slowly um, only be for the really sort of core dedicated fan base of people. And, and I don't know what that number is on this game. I, I, I don't know for sure. Right. Like it, it's probably less than a hundred. I mean, would you would you think that's a fair assessment that there's like less than a hundred people that are really passionate enough to move this? I think it's bigger needle? than that. Like, I mean, I think you can just use the population of the EI as an example for that. Like, sure, that, that that's a like fair we statement. Had, we had enough people to have a large international tournament. Like, um, and there were how many people were in it? I don't remember. Hundred and I think there's a hundred and sixty something at EI. Right. So, I mean, I think at least that many. Like, I, I think the number of people that went to the EI and are going to quit now because of that uh, announcement is is very small. Sure. Like, and, you know, we may not gain a lot, but I, you know, maybe maybe of the 160 or whatever, 20 of them give up on it. I'm not, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that's fair. I think there'll be some attrition to that group. You know, I think there's just naturally going to be some folks that will gravitate to the new shiny because to be honest once you get into community-led uh development it doesn't occur faster um you know i think there's a there's a common misconception that if if you've got a community making content you can put out more content faster than what watsi could and as both a, a professional designer and a professional developer and you as a professional developer as well we both know how much time goes into development like the commitment that it takes 
uh, particularly making a card game to develop it and and really release quality content. It, it's it's gonna. I mean, none of these people are doing that full time, right? So the reality is, you can have a hundred people involved in it, but that's not necessarily going to speed up the process because those hundred people can't commit, you know, forty hours a week. And so when you sort of look at development at a professional level versus what I would call a part timer or community driven level. I think it's going to take longer to get quality content. I just, I just, you know, I mean, it's, it takes, I mean, you and I both know it takes tens right, of hundreds of games to like get even one card dialed in that's misbehaving. It's definitely it, not easy. No, like, no, it's not. And so I, I am, I am hopeful. I think that obviously folks like Dan Arnold and, and Scott and Vince and the Vector Sigma team and then, you know, the transform your game team that, that are all sort of working on both sides of the, you know, the Equitas council and the vector Sigma council, you know, I think those guys are very skilled players and I think they're capable of understanding what needs to happen in order to uh, improve the meta game based on the cards we have. And I think that vector Sigma is headed in the correct direction in terms of trying to revive the existing bot pool through stratagems. I think that's a really smart move because there's just a ton of unplayable bots right now. And so the lowest hanging fruit is how can we make those bots playable? And, and stratagems are just, they're just a really sort of um, elegant way, really sort of elegant way to, to fix them, you know, to fix bots. I mean, that's something that when we talk about, patching a card game it's always really hard to do and stratagems is sort of a way to patch right. a card game and and wizards had already shown us that they were on that path with the stratagem that they had uh printed you know uh the ones that for the most part the ones that point at the old bots uh improve them mm -hmm. maybe maybe not to the extent that they're playable yet but like that was what they were trying to do you know specifically like the cosmos one comes to mind as a very interesting one that kind of fixes the problems that made that bot not good yeah no completely and like at least he's playable ish and fun instead right. of like like garbage tier yeah no you're you're 100 right i mean it's 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 the right move uh in the short term and it's it is i think it's a challenge i mean certainly going to be challenging for them um and and i think it's something where you know, I, I I think they'll they'll learn as they go, much in the same way we learned as we went when we went down that path with our own game, and uh, they'll they'll figure it out. I'm I'm very certain they'll figure it out. The you know from our side, um, I have always sort of wanted to design some stuff for this game, and so you and I are talking about that. We're not ready to talk about what we're ready to put out yet because there's a lot of stuff. Uh, that we could do. And and I think we want to hone in on a very, very narrow focus set of things to work on. I don't think we want to look at really broad strokes at anything. Like, I mean, I certainly don't think you and I want to take on the task of building a whole set or anything of that nature because that's a monumental task. Uh, Specifically, but I think like the way the sets are, like, I think that it would be easy to just like write up 40 battle cards or how many battle cards are supposed to be in a set and you would get pretty close like you would be in the 90th percentile pretty easily because 
you know, if you look at the battle cards like from Wave 5 or whatever, the highly playable ones were obviously tested a lot, and then there's just like like Sonic Stun Gun and stuff like that that are just like pretty safe. And you they're, can, they're safe you limited just, like, designs. For limited and like yep. it's just fine. You know, card cards like uh like brass knuckles and whatever the other one is, the tough one. Um like like those are just like easy, right? So if you're actually trying to print a quote unquote complete set, I don't think it would be like you'd work hard on like ten cards and then not so hard on the other thirty. But and you'd get you'd get close enough that it'd be playable. But specifically the way that this game is presented and there's like also 40 bots that you have to balance in a way that they start in play is just, that sounds so difficult. Yeah. I I think it is, it would be a a heck of a challenge. Number one, number two, the fact that the sixth set with no rotation turns into, you have to go back and look at, you know, 240 other bots and how they apply to these new 40 some bots, 46 bots. That's, we tri- uh, traditionally, we, I think we get about 40 to 45 or 50 bots in each set. And then we get, you know, 60-ish battle cards is sort of how it's worked out. But I, I'm with you. Like, I, I, I think as you look at it and you go, okay, what are you trying to do? I, I think I'm more interested in doing micro sets of, of mechanical exploration. Like exploring how to expand mechanics in in a meaningful way that have the ability to be competitive, but don't necessarily require us to spend, um, you know, a hundred hours testing different iterations and variations of it. And and from a bot side, I will reiterate that like, like where do you go from Titan Masters? Like the example yeah. that I always use when I'm talking to people is. If a bot had a like zero one zero head with no text, it would still most likely be better than bots that don't have a head. Like yep. just having the ability to not die from an attack and then leave behind a speed bump for your next attack, like is so powerful. And obviously the bots we have are much better than that because their speed bumps have text and stats. And so like where do you go from there? Like like, do you go up? Up seems a little scary. Like, if you yeah. can find something, like, better than that, you know, we'd affect the meta in the same way that Titan Masters did, where bots that had heads were better than bots that didn't. So, in our experimental wave six, bots that have experimental wave six mechanic are better than bots that don't. Like, that doesn't really solve the disparity, you know? And Right. So it's really difficult. Like you want something on the level of Titans, but not better than it. And then we're talking about like hours of development and hours and hours and hours of balancing. And like, it's, it's rough, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, to, to put it, to put it in perspective for a listener who maybe thinks, well, it doesn't sound that hard um, in our game that we made. Um, I started before you joined, you joined us uh, three years into development um, and I had already been on it for two years. By the time we finished, I have a rough estimate because I was logging every game. And so I had the ability to sort of go back and figure it out. It got to a point where I wasn't logging every game anymore, especially as we got into late development. 
but I'm fairly certain I have played over 4,000 games of my own game. And so it, it becomes, first off, it becomes not fun. I, I mean, right. <laughs> yeah. that really quickly. In, in spite of loving Battle for Solaria, and I, I mean, I know you feel even more strongly about it than I do, obviously, because it was your creation and I started halfway through. Like, if you iterate anything enough times, it becomes a chore. Yep. Like, I mean, because I'll, play, I'll play 500 games of Battle for Solaria or whatever and have fun. But, like, eventually, when you're testing and you're just playing the same matchup a thousand times, like, it does become a chore. Like, it is work. If it wasn't work, then everybody would have a card game and everybody would be rich and happy. Right. And and we're neither rich, but we're still happy. So, <laughs> um, but, so we're not, but to, we were, we're not, not <laughs> like successful, right? Like, right. Yeah. No, I mean, we, I mean, I think for a micro card game as an indie developer, I mean, I'm very happy with how well Battle for Solaria did. Yeah. And um, I really wish I mean, that our last set of cards had been published, but I thought the game was cards really fun. The game the, really awesome. Yeah. yeah. I know. Maybe, maybe someday, but, um, Maybe someday when I get like like some other project of mine does super, something super really relevant, I can just do like you know I get to that point where I'm like Richard Garfield and I can just do whatever. Yeah, because where, where you I, like, can put garbage in a box and write your name on it and sell it for two million profit. Exactly. Then 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 I'll probably go out and say you know what uh, it, that's like a twenty thousand dollar investment. Let's just do that. So that's, that's kind of a mean shot. Like a lot of what Richard Garfield has made is really really good. I agree. I, just, I agree that once you get that big, like literally writing your name on it is enough. Oh, like that's it's right. Not. <laughs> that's right. I, I but I, I I think that's specifically a shot at Keyforge, and I'm good with it. <laughs> um, the the um, so anyways, I mean, as we're sitting here talking about this, I mean, I just I want to put this in perspective, just a little further. I mean, you you can attribute to this because you came in at a time where we were sort of um, working through this, but we had. Uh, one card uh, in a micro set. Uh, his his name is Ferdinand Braca. He ended up being the only card we ever banned. God, he, um, he was so sweet. And even the banned version of Ferdinand Braca ended up being seven iterations so, of the card. So let's let's back up just a little further. So yeah, Ferdum was printed before I was on the team. Yep, he was printed as part of a Kickstarter promotion where you like at a certain backer level, let your backer design a design card. A card. Correct. So that's, that's already like a tough road to go down. You know, we end up with these player design cards that are a little unfair perceptor. And, uh, <laughs> um, no, I love perceptor. I wouldn't change him for the world, but I do too. But obviously but he's very good. He's very powerful. You know, yeah. Player design cards are like that because no player wants the card they designed to be weak, to be forgotten. So right. like, like we started here and how many, how many player design cards were there? It was Scoben and Lerner and Furtum and Scoben, Lerner and Furtum, Harp, Verker, Kaiser. Uh, and the, Joe and Toon. Johnny Cash. No, the Joe Toon Legend. Oh, Lady Morgana. Morgana. Lady Morgana. Yeah. Yep. So, yep. and all of these cards, I mean, obviously those names mean nothing to anyone who hasn't played the game and we're just like tooting our own horn here. Like the, all those cards were extremely playable and very good. Yeah. So, and like we ended up banning Learner too, right? Uh, no, we restricted Learner to oh, one card. okay. Yeah, yeah, Okay. Anyway, they're all super good. Ferdum specifically 
like when I started playing, you had two sets out. You had the core set and uh, um, the Blood Prophet Glory expansion, mm-hmm. which had Furtim in it. And I had just started playing your game. Uh, and I went to that tournament in Omaha and played as many Furtims as I could because uh, even though they were like a large number of points, the the Battle for Slurry game had a point system similar to the, like the Transformer starting team, but they're just cards in your deck and you only have so many. And like Furtim was four points, which is the highest it ever was. I just jammed as many as I could anyway, and the rest of my deck suffered in spite of it, but I still won easily because Furtim was so powerful. Right. Like, and this is a card that obviously had gone through seven design phases before it was printed and then was still just like the best card in the game. And then we still had to ban it because it was so oppressive. Like it's... it stopped. <laughs> it, it ended up being a situation where it just stopped the ability to design anything that could work. Yeah. It, um, it made future designs so hard. Yep. And like, it's, it's interesting how that, just like one card affects the, you know, the whole pool, which is something that obviously we see in Transformers where like the whole game has been warped by uh, Sky Shadow and Horrible and now like Quake a little bit, you know, these have significantly changed how you play the game and significantly changed how like, like what cards are even functional. Right. And, uh, you know, future design is obviously affected by that. I think it makes it really hard to move forward in future design. Like, like looking back on a 2020 hindsight, I think I said this to you even the first day that I knew it, I, I, that we knew that, you know, Transformers was getting canceled. I said, you know, in hindsight now, looking at Titan Masters Attack and what we got and what it does, it does feel like a final set. Like, it just kind of feels like, I mean, we've played enough card games to finality to know that, like, it sort of was just like an, like our long shot to get what we hope the game could do out into the world just so that people could see it. And, you know, when that sort of happens, there, there's not a lot of room to grow because, you know, traditionally what you would do in design and development is you would, you would start with like taking your long shot and then you would scale it back into what, well, what Scott and Vince talked about almost ad nauseum leading up to Titan Masters attack release in tech talk, which was, you know, how do we, how do we just give a little nugget of this thing so that we can sort of ramp it up over time. Right. And you can't, you can't do what they've done here when you look at specifically horrible sky shadow and quake and not kind of get a sense that they maybe had a feeling this was it. This was the end, especially, you know, when you start, start looking at just some of the the details of, that are out there. I mean, um, you know, I think, I think they thought pro play games would be a little more successful than it turned out to be overall. And so, um, well, and that's no knock on pro play games. I'm just, right, it's nobody's just, fault. Like, right. Like things like that are due to the state of the world. We don't know right. exactly how, covid or just like tariffs on china like that kind of stuff affected wizards but like yeah because i don't know where this game have a piece of this right like it's (laughs) i don't know if it's all of it but like like things like pro play games like obviously they could their tournament scene is just upside down nobody can go anywhere or do anything so what do you do 
Well, and I know where Wizards prints their cards. Uh, and the the company that they use to print their cards has actually got four locations around the world. But they, my understanding of how they sort of load balance printing magic cards is based upon region to reduce shipping costs. But on something like Transformers for Wizards, it would be considered a small run, right? Like it wouldn't be considered um, a, a traditional run. Like a magic run will probably make a million boxes or something, right? I mean, my guess is for for Transformers, they were making like 10,000 boxes at a shot in a printing run. And so doing something of that quantity probably did require them to use their Asia printing house. And whether or not that like you said, the tariffs impacted the ability for Transformers to be profitable for Wizards because of shipping into the U.S. on 20% tariffs. Uh, I mean, we've seen a lot of companies in the gaming space really suffer from that from that economic policy. So um, maybe, I mean, it's a possibility. It's certainly a reasonable speculation. Right. And so, like, again, I'd, it's just business. Like, I don't fault Wizards for their decision. Like, you know, we all signed the petition to keep the game going, but it probably will have no effect. And, uh, you know, our hope is just that the player base can continue something to, you know, make our time and life and money investment in this game worth it. And for yeah. me, you know, it's, I, I think it's already worth it. Like the people I've met and go into the EI and just the games that I've played, like, Literally this last weekend, I played against uh, Flared Ghost from Australia. As it wasn't even the weekend, it was like Tuesday. And I had to get up at six in the morning and he had to play at 10 at night. And like, yeah. it was still awesome. Like, it was great, you know? Yeah. Um, I mean, that's, that's, I agree with you. Like, webcam games, like, I didn't think I'd like webcam games. I'm just going to be really honest about that. Um, I, I really sort of drug my feet in getting involved in web, webcam games because I thought, it's just not going to be the same. And that's a bias that I have based upon um, just past experiences. So from from my perspective, what makes webcam games great in this community is the community itself. I mean, we have uh, what I would call a, a very honest player base uh, that is truly involved in the the game from a sportsmanship perspective, not from a... I must win at all costs perspective. Right. I, I don't... For, the, for the very, very large majority of my matches that I've played competitively or otherwise, like I have always felt that the people I've met are good people and, uh, you know, care about the integrity of the game. Obviously, there will be some bad apples in every player base, and I've Absolutely. been lucky enough not to interact with them. But, like, you're right. Like, I mean, I am very happy with the relationship that I have made with some of the vector guys, Scott and Dan, like, um, and, uh, you know, Vince and Cameron and uh, Cameron, not being a vector guy, but just being an awesome guy, uh, mm -hmm. like, and just Kevin Allen, like these people that I've met, they're all just like nice people. And it's, it's been fun playing the game and it sucks that we're losing that going forward, but you know, it happens and we will do our best to continue it and we will, you know, keep playing as long as we can. And I was like you where like I wasn't really into the idea of webcam games, but it's all we got. And 
it has worked very, very well. So I'm happy with it. Like we're starting uh, the next tournament in a week here. Uh, the next Vector tournament anyway. And uh, I'm excited for it. Yeah, I, I am too. So we're going to continue covering Transformers and we'll talk about this more in episode 19 as well. We're going to continue tra- covering Transformers where where it makes sense. I mean, obviously... Um, Every episode you know, will not be Transformers themed going forward right, because there yep. just won't be enough. Right. Like, and we I, barely I think make that's enough the, episodes as it is. Yeah, well, well, I'm hoping now that uh, I'm settled into the new house and I actually have an office space and I have a podcast room. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm super excited about it. My studio is not set up yet, but it's getting there. Um, that, yeah. you know, the at some point... beginning of episode 21 or 22 or something, I'll just scream in the basement. We'll see if we can hear it, like upstairs Sounds or good. something. Yeah, that, that'll be the plan, just to see if yeah. anybody can come back off that. Because I'm, what I'm hoping to do, Neil, to be honest, is get to a point where we can... I mean, eventually, when COVID's not around, we can just plop down in front of each other because our best episodes are always when we're in the same room talking to each other. Um, but you know, alas, COVID is still here. It's still pushing everybody to do crazy things. And is it um, getting worse? Is it getting better? Who knows? Like we we don't don't want to push it. We don't, we don't want to contribute to it. Right. Continue to abide by the rules of society that you live in. That's, that's, you know, as a responsible member of society, you should do that. Yep, that's a good plan. So let's talk a little bit, um, in case anybody has forgotten, because it does feel like eons ago that we we launched this. Back in May, we launched um, Make Volcanicus Great. And this was shortly after Jurassic Punch had been spoiled. Uh, we said that what would happen is, is that we would get everybody a month after the release of Titan Masters Attack to submit their deck lists for a Volcanicus deck using Jurassic Punch. Uh, got a, I mean, we got a reasonable response from the community, I think, in this. And we we narrowed it down to uh, a winner. And I want to talk a little bit about that deck tonight, Neil. We're not going to go into every card in the deck. I will link in the show notes to the, the Fortress Maximus uh, deck list that this user put out. No surprise. It's, it's going to come from somebody that... Um, likes doing deck challenges and that if you're a Transformers community member, you probably know who it is in terms of um, their channel and things. I'm sure you've seen their content, but at the same time, I I just want to say thank you to everybody for doing this. And I am happy to announce that Junkie and Junkyard is going to be the proud recipient of a Blaster versus Soundwave 35th anniversary set. So I will be reaching out uh, I will be sending, asking for your address to send you the uh, prize, and I'm looking forward to getting it sent out to you. But let's talk a little bit about their deck and why they won, Neil. Are you ready to do this? Okay. So, again, I hate this. <laughs> like, just just the core principle of it. Because, you know, I, I even just, you know... 10 minutes ago, I was discussing how the stratagems were an elegant way to, you know add some fun and power to the old cards that we wanted to play. And I mean, if you listen to me before, you know how I feel about Jurassic Punch. What an awful card. <laughs> Just yep. like what a what a terrible miss. Like so to begin with, I believe that this deck of the decks we received has the highest chance 
maybe even close to 1% of combining into Volcanicus. Like, he he has three of the combiner starters, so Mm -hmm. the Grimlock only has to attack two times Mm -hmm. um, in order to, like, bin the other pieces. And then you just have to draw one of the enigmas and play it. And you get to actually make a Volcanicus so that the text on Jurassic Park punch may have an effect on the game. <laughs> well, you're you're right. We should just call this Jurassic Park, right? Because, I mean, it's it, life finds a way as a reference. And I'm just going to give a big props to all of our listeners that did submit decks. Almost everybody was on the Jurassic Park theme with this. And so I, I'm super, like, as a Jurassic Park fan, like, thank you for that. I appreciate it. <laughs> it, was, it was fun. So, it, you know, in general, this deck seemed like the most fun to me. Like, and they all are kind of the same, which is good. Like, everybody understands the principle, and they all like the Dinobot-themed cards. And um, it's just, it's really hard, right? Like... Like the problem with Jurassic Punch, as I've always said, is just that like it it doesn't have text for ninety percent of the game, and then when it does has text, its text is almost meaningless because you're already attacking with a volcanicus. You need it to be better, <laughs> right? And like the answer is yes, because volcanicus, even as a combiner, is pretty dumpy. But like, especially when you compare him to something like, like um... any of the other ones. Like Superion. I mean, I'm just using well, Superion obviously Superion's Superion's is the, best like the one, pinnacle like, of combiners, right? But like literally all the other ones, like, is there any one of them that is worse than him? I don't know, man. Like, I'm not a big fan of Predaking, but I know some of the community is. So like maybe, maybe Volcanicus is worse than Predaking. I think Volcanicus is problem. Like, like attacks for a big number. It does. Like a bigger and, and number than Vol- Volcanicus does. I, I think that might be true. Yeah, I mean, potentially. I, I think that the the starting bots, the, the starting dino bots that you can put on your team are better than anything that Predaking puts down. Yeah, any, but you only get any of the base of Predacons. Sure. And Predaking, you get a bunch yeah. of them. Like like that's that's yeah. another issue with this, is that you like like not only are we getting what is the worst or second worst combiner out of the deal, you're also working the hardest for it. See, to me, I think the the trick should have been Grimlock could have had his ability, but what, what should have happened here, um, and this this may not work. I mean, I'm just, just spitballing off the cuff here, but like what if you could have started with a number of them in play and then the separation difference between stars on your team versus stars on your opponent's team, you had to put that much damage out, split amongst them. So you could still have all five. Right, but then like that's sixty-five stars or something, right? So you'd have to put forty damage out in in the five bots. Yeah, I I don't even know what would make it good because the because the problem is is that you still just end up with a volcanicus. Yeah, that's and true. He's like, I mean, not that good. He has zero defense no, and six power. That's true. Like, but but this would allow you. This would allow Grimlock to do the sludge thing, right? Like, then you could actually use Grimlock to pull sludge from out of the game to heal the bots. Like that becomes like a game within the game itself then. Yeah. I mean, um, so the, the problem with like, just from a design point of view, now we're going real deep because we're like two layers yeah. past like the actual game that exists. <laughs> like 
then you've just made it to where like it's either really bad or broken and i that's bad design too like because sure. you either you either draw the ISO function or you don't and that's yeah. what decides the game so that's like kind of poopy like like volcanic we, we should just that, be like but we see that in meta games now where you either draw the piece of tyranny or you don't and it probably decides the game there's a lot more to it than that in current games. Like Peace of Tyranny is good, but it's not the only thing. In this version, sure. it's the only thing. None of the other cards uh, you draw yeah. matter. Okay. And uh, I guess, but, but I that's guess not true Nygma either, because you but... could. Well, and you could also go into the repair pattern, right? Like of trying to repair the damage off that you sort of put on the bots to sort of prolong and make Volcanicus have more health I'm, when you make it. I'm, I'm just, literally vomiting right now. I know you are like, because I'm, you hate the repair like, mechanic. You're talking but about I'm just like like making a card that makes Jurassic punch something and also repairs bots. Like, like I'm glad transformers ended. This conversation is making (laughs) me convinced that wizards was right. Like (laughs) I'm, I'm just trying to spitball ways to make Dinobots relevant. What what it needs to be is just like a one star stratagem that lets you start with one of the bots in your KO pile. Like, so Grimlock only yeah. has to attack once. You still have to take five turns before you can do it like every other combiner because you got to flip them all. And it's still probably bad. But at least, like, you have a chance. The The problem has always been just that you never make a Volcanicus. Like, well, then- and I would argue now, though... Okay, so just... just I'm going to play a little bit here into this. Like, I agree with what you're sta- saying is, like, a solution for Jurassic Punch to make Volcanicus better. But I also would say, like, part of the problem is the fact it needs the Enigma to combine now. And in a world where we just have 100 tools for hand disruption and we have, like, counter-espionage, like, you can just right. I'm, I'm, stop any Enigma combiner. My goal is period. not to make Volcanicus competitive playable. My goal is to make Volcanicus, like, like make me feel good about picking Volcanicus out of my garbage can. Like, like make <laughs> sure. him casual playable. He's not even casual I, playable right now. That's right. the problem. No, I, I, I agree. I'm not disagreeing at all. And and because I, I guess I'd like to see once, a Dinobot team that's competitive. Now that we're not going to get a. Once you make it such that Volcanicus is available to you, if you draw the Enigma, he's at least like doable as the other combiners are doable. So in a format where like in a casual format where you'd play Devastator or where you'd play Manasaur or whatever, like at least you have a chance to play Volcanicus at that level, which mm-hmm. isn't a good level because none of those cards ever saw play. Right. But like, at least it was kitchen table level. Like, like Volcanicus is impossible. See, that, <laughs> this is where, this is where I feel like, um, and maybe Vector will address this at some point, but this is where I feel like, um, you have an opportunity, right, to build these sort of tribal. I mean, let's let's basically call these a tribal team for the sake of argument. To build these tribal teams, uh, like the Dinobots and Volcanicus, and make them compatible, competitive. I mean, I don't think it's impossible to make them competitive. You just have to find that sort of right balance to do it. And, right. and I as think- soon as as soon as somebody has the reins of design, it would be possible. Like, it's just hard because Volcanicus specifically is just like a flavor king, right? Like, like he's sure. not supposed to be competitive good. He's just supposed to be fun. Like, like Grimlock is fun. He talks like an idiot and he's a T-Rex. Like, like 
Yeah, like, but he's I mean, he's a, he's a serious fan favorite, right? Like, right, I mean, but that doesn't make him good. Like, is horrible a serious fan favorite? Like, is Sky Shadow know. a serious fan favorite? Not like Grimlock is, but like, yeah, like, I mean, not, I don't think like, so because Megatron's even... a serious fan favorite and he sucks. Like, well, yeah, but let's get we, we we won't even get into that because so, I'm I'm sort of salty about never getting a good just Megatron from a either. design point of like like when you think about Dinobots, you think about fun, right? Like like they're not super serious. I don't care what Michael Bay says. Like it's <laughs> like you know they're funny. They they have cartoony voices and like they're just they're like lovable idiots and they're all like super strong but not so smart and they're just, they're just fun, right? Like and Grimlock Wave One Grimlock had his time when he was good. Yeah, like for sure, and so. Volcanicus is just like, like it's like this f- thing for the fans that you should have this awesome puncher guy, and he's just not. Like, not only is he impossible to build, but he's just like, like a six ten zero, right? Which, like, actual ten star wave one Grimlock is better than that, right? And you haven't jumped through thirty hoops to get there, and probably lost the game already. Yeah, I, I agree. I think that so. Um, I, I mean, we're kind of off base here. Like, we could design stuff all night long for what makes Volcanic <laughs> is good. But as far as the deck challenge goes, uh, you know, congratulations to Junkion. Like, yep. Like your deck seems fine. <laughs> I, yeah, I for, will never be what, real excited about challenge. it. But I, I right. you know, shout out for, for to what we uh, asked him to do. Shout out to the other guy, um, Doctor Arkfell. Doctor Arkfell for putting three high fives in his deck. Everybody knows how I feel yeah, about high five. Yeah. Look, really doc, bad, but like, you know just, how to just, like tickle my funny bone. Yeah, I was gonna say, Doc, like you almost won for Neil just on that alone. Right, so that was just, the first thing I said. I'm like, of these three decks, I like this one the best because it high fives in it. But like, yeah, if there's one card yeah. that's worse than Jurassic Punch, it might be high five. I don't know. But, yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> but needless to say, Neil was really yeah. like angle shooting for you on on winning this whole so, thing just off of that. So very very yeah, close second out, place probably to Doctor Arkerell. Sign um, a high five and send it to me, and I'll keep it forever. <laughs> but I no, I appreciate it. I mean, Arkville did a great write up. So his, I, his I article list- was was very entertaining and I would like to read one specific expert from it actually before we move on. Um, okay. Because this describes perfectly how this should work. Let me, uh, let me find the line here. Let's start with the obvious Dinobot Enigma, Dino Chomp and Electrified Spikes are Dinobot specific cards. That means they have to be in, even if they aren't that great. That is exactly correct. That is the most correct anything has anyone like like any statement has ever been written down about the Transformers card game. That is correct. Like that is just you're, you're right. Just no, dead it, on. It, it was it was perfect. So, I mean, it is like a shot right across the bow, but like it's it's a hundred percent right. And uh, it, <laughs> I, I just you're right. I really enjoyed reading his article. Yeah. We will list. Um, I, so the three that we were deciding on were Junkie on Junkyards, Life Finds a Way, which was obviously our winner. Doctor Arkville's um, Dino DNA. Well, Dino DNA. Yep. Thank you. I couldn't remember the name. It wasn't in front of me. And then uh, Hen produced uh, Pluto's Pluto and remember. his puppies. 
Pluto and his puppies. And I'm not sure I get the reference, but, um, you know, and uh, your your list was also very interesting. It was right up there as a potential contender just because it was a different take compared to everybody else. Uh, both Dr. Arkville and Junkie on Junkyard went with uh, kind of a healing take and you had gone with this blue-black Pierce control take. So um, appreciate that, you know, seeing something different there. So, yeah, I mean, again, we will do things like this in the future probably for whatever game we are covering. So if you sort of start you know, following us and, and, and just following along with other games and start joining in with some of the games that we're playing and talking about, um, you know, keep in mind, we'll probably have some different contests for this stuff as we move forward. It's something that we like to do. And, um, you know, we sort of have to get our feelers because, uh, to be honest, sort of the way we funded the podcast was through the, our TCG player shop. And, uh, now we don't have a TCG player shop either. So we're going to have to look at in order to do contests and giveaways, we have to have some sort of funding mechanism. So, um, we'll look into that and figure it out as we go down the road, but it's not something we're ready to talk about today. Cause we don't know, but, um, yeah. So Neil, I think that pretty much wraps up all of our transformers coverage. Is there anything you want to say as sort of like the end of our official, you know, well, episode in and out Transformers TCG dedication that we've had up to this point. I mean, we had a good run with so 18 episodes. Because I'm a man of my word, there will be a short Transformers expert in one of these coming episodes where I rap about Megatron. Uh, yeah, I'm, I thought you might have it ready today. Out. I'm not going to skip out on that. but Okay. I thought you might have it ready today, but I didn't pressure you on it. So. No. I don't know if I'll ever be like quote unquote ready, but the, <laughs> uh, so there will still be that as Transformers content, if nothing else, but I'm sure that there will be other stuff that we'll talk about in, in and out, but we got some exciting stuff coming up for yep other games. Yeah. So, I mean, for, for our Transformers fans, no, a couple of things that we're really looking at one, um, Neil and I, well, me specifically, I guess, I've, I have a game from Plat Hat Games that was considered a dead trading card game. So if there's any hope for Transformers, no, this is just an example of that. Um, and Plat Hat Games today announced that they're reviving Ashes Rise of the Phoenix Born. Um, they're doing it in sort of a weird way. So there's no guarantee that it's actually going to come out. We're sort of on the fence waving it out but so we're going to do a little bit of ashes talk over the coming months uh, uh where we'll sort of exp- go back and explain the game play some games on stream that sort of thing because uh i really would like to see ashes rise from the ashes quite frankly it's um wow it's really wow you're welcome um it's it's something that uh i like before destiny came out, it was a card and dice game, but the dice were just more elegant than destiny as a system. And so I'm very, uh, very interested in seeing this sort of revive and, and, uh, what plat hat intends to do with I'm it. I'm just in excited fact, to play lead. a card game where they don't have Jurassic punch. Yeah. <laughs> I can guarantee <laughs> well, that that card does not exist in ashes. That, that card, that card will not exist in ashes rise of the Phoenix born. But additionally, Neil and I are going to start, uh, also covering uh, and developing, I'm going to call it developing a sort of competitive system uh, for the Marvel Champions LCG, where you're still working cooperatively with each other, but um, working on building up sort of like a leaderboard 
for challenges within that game. And if you're not familiar with this game, it's really sweet. Uh, it, is, it, is sweet. it is a cooperative game, not a competitive game, but it's still very fun. Um, we'll discuss it further in other episodes. Yep. Yep. Next episode, we'll go into great detail and depth on uh, Marvel Champions and why we like it and what we think is great about it. Uh, I would highly encourage you to check this game out if you haven't, uh, especially if you're you know somebody in the Transformers land that still wants to play Transformers but knows and understands like us that there's going to be big gaps in content. This is a great way to fill the space. And Fantasy Flight this week just, I mean, like unloaded with us. I mean, we've got release is happening every single month till february of 2021 yeah they announced a lot of cool stuff so i'm like i'm super jazzed about all this new content that they're going to be bringing out uh we're going to talk about it but i think i'm really more excited to start building this challenge board and what it really entails and how it works and um i think it's a way for competitive players like neil and i to sort of gauge how good we are at the game which is something that lcgs typically lack and I'm not expecting the greater Marvel community to sort of get on board with that, but I can see other competitive card game players finding interest in some way to challenge themselves and challenge other people in the community. And quite frankly, Fantasy Flight's, you know, organized play, if you will, for LCGs that are cooperative is pretty lackluster. So um, this might be a way to sort of build a sort of sub community of you know, of organized play for these kinds of games. So we'll, we'll dive into that in greater detail in coming episodes, but um, just know that it's coming and it's something that we're working on on our side. And we will talk a lot more about champions in episode 19. So either you can wait till we drop that episode here in a, in a few weeks, or um, you can go out and buy a copy of champions, which you should do anyways. It's really good. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, so Neil, anything else before we sign off for episode 18 and call it a wrap? Even though you're not rapping. Right. Let's not call it a rap. <laughs> okay. Well, every, I just want to thank all of our listeners who are Transformers fans that have been following us and listening to our content over the last year and a half. It has been so much fun talking about this game with all of you and interacting with all of you. And we're not going anywhere. We're just like everybody else. We're, we're having to find our next step. And so we hope you'll join us on those steps. And we also understand if you don't. So thank you so much for being listeners. And we look forward to uh, chatting in the future. Thanks, guys.